Hey friends, it's Tensei from the future here. Uh, if you're just joining us, welcome. I did want to pop in at the beginning here to say that the first few episodes of Bard Rock Cafe have some some new podcast quality issues with the audio. Uh, improvements are made every few episodes, and if you stick with it, we promise it is worth the wait. However, if you want to bypass all of that, feel free to skip ahead to episode 22, Lady Marmalade. This is a downtime episode right before a new story arc, and as such, it's a really great point to jump in, get to know all the characters. Please, enjoy the show however is best for you. Bard Rock Cafe is brought to you by SassyGamers.com and viewers like you. Links to Sassy Gamers, our Patreon, and our social media accounts can be found in the show notes. So everyone, you all find yourselves in the Bard Rock Cafe. Everybody, go ahead and introduce which character you are playing. Alright, I'm playing Brock Song. And what is Brock Song doing today? I'm up on the stage. As the audience joins us, they see Brock on stage and he says, Hello, welcome to the Bard Rock Cafe. I'm Brock Song, the proprietor and your entertainment this evening. Alright. Steffi. You play Epi. What is Epi doing at the Bard Rock Cafe right now? Okay. Well, Epi is here to see his fence again. Because thankfully, when a, a certain bard is up on stage giving his performance, nobody's paying too much attention to the tiefling in the corner trying to shovel some diamonds across the... Very, very subtly trying to shove some diamonds over. Okay, and Khadijah. Rook, she's bored. She's, uh, she's got some off time right now between jobs. She is kind of resting, put her feet up on a table towards the perimeter of the cafe, and she's throwing one of her daggers mindlessly in the air and watching it fall into her hand over and over. All right. As you're all going about your daily business, you hear a commotion outside. You hear people shouting. What are they shouting? You can't make it out. You get the sense that it's kind of a curious kind of awe-struck sound that gradually transitions to panicked yelling. Alright, so the first thing I do is I stop playing the rocking flute solo I've been playing this whole time so we can hear what's going on. Even Rook's ears prick up, but she doesn't move. Okay. Epi slips his little bag of goods back into his pocket just in case the, the commotion is, you know, just because, you know, a little jumpy. Uh, kind of looks towards the window. Is there anything you can see? So Epi looks out the window. You are meeting with Felix the Fence right now. So you are actually in the second floor back room. So you have a pretty good view of what's going on outside. What you see is a bunch of guards running around. They're all looking up. And you see people running away. Away from the Bard Rock Cafe. 
Oh, I gotta look up and see. Okay. You look up. You can't quite see from this vantage point. Uh, you do see what seems to be a, a strange cloud structure in the sky. I turn to Felix and I'm like, so, um, tell me something. Do you know why everybody's freaking out outside? Felix kind of peeks out and he says, Ah, uh, that does not bode well. We should probably... And in the middle of his statement, one of the city watch bursts through the front door and he says, Everybody out! Everybody needs to get out right now! Go, go, go! Rook jumps to her feet. So, Brock actually starts going around. Uh, he's got a captain, goes down with the ship mentality. He's trying to help everybody else get out before he exits himself. So he's like trying to point people at tables and say, you go out, then you, and then you, to try and get them organized so they don't trample each other. Rook squeezes her tiny frame between people and pushes herself out the front door. Okay. Epi, you would hear this. I think it's time to grab the fence and uh, make our way out the door. I'm going to look at him. Hey, quick question, quick question. Is the front door the only way out of here, or is there like a, um, is, is there maybe a, uh, a different way? Felix is in the middle of sliding the window open, and he has just, it looks to be a bag of holding at his side. He says, please. I haven't used the front door in a long time. And he hops out the window. All right, then. I'm going to look down out the window and quietly say to myself, I gotta learn how to do that. And, um, I think I'm gonna book it for the front door. <laughs> okay. I need everybody to make me a dexterity saving throw. Rook, because you already made your way outside, you can make it at advantage. At advantage? Yeah, good thing, too. I got... 25. I rolled a beautiful two. Noted. So I rolled a 19. Alright. So Khadija, your character Rook, as she runs outside, notices that there is a gigantic ball of flame rocketing from the west right towards the Bardrock Cafe. And you just barely make it out in time as it strikes right dead center. You see it take the second floor completely out, and the building is engulfed in flame. Rock. You find yourself trapped underneath rubble. Epi, you manage to find some cover kind of against slash beneath the staircase you are not restrained underneath a pile of wood and stone the building is on fire not everyone is out there's no structural integrity left what did you all do all right am i pinned down by the rubble or is it just obscuring my ability to go anywhere you are pinned down right now 
Alright, I would like to cast Enhance Ability on myself with, uh, Bull's Strength. Alright. And that, and, uh, I would like to F, I would like to then try lifting the rubble off of myself so I can get out. Okay. Roll Athletics. I rolled an 18. And I think I have advan- I have advantage on that because it's a strength check, right? Yes. Okay. Let's see if I can go for that 19 or 20. 18 again. Right. And then minus one because I have bad strength. So 17. That's enough. You managed to dig yourself out. You see just chaos around you. That's it for your turn. Epi, what are you doing? Well, um, how many people are still in here? Make a perception check. Alright, 17 plus 2, 19. You count about five people that are still here, either trapped underneath rubble, you do see a girl cowering in the far corner. That's what you see. Okay. Well, I think, um, Epi might be... You know, a little terrified of the fact that the building's on fire, but by God, I'm a good person. I'm going to, um, make a break for the door, but first, use, uh, Epi pulls out of his pocket just this little twig of wood with a string tied to it, mutters something, and you see it spool up around it. And I cast Unseen Servant to go get the little girl out from there. Okay. Your unseen servant is making its way over to the little girl. And on my way out, I'm gonna say, The butler will help you! Just go with it! And run out the door. <laughs> okay. And Rook, what is your response to this? Rook is flabbergasted by the flames in front of her, but her mind jumps to one thing. Her lifeline to her job. She looks around her to see if she can see Felix's face. Roll perception. I receive 15. So you, you look over to where he would normally run. And you do catch a glimpse of him, just peeking out of an alley. Your eyes meet just for a second. He gives you a grin and a wink, and then he disappears down the alleyway. Hmm. So you have seen Felix exit the Bardrock Cafe in this manner before. Only once. The one time the guard decided to come knocking. Jerk. Rook mutters under her breath with a little smile. There's a sense of relief. So, things are now absolutely chaotic. The people on the street were hit by a bunch of debris. There are wounded people on the ground. Some people have been hit by like entire stones or a two by four of wood. There's unconscious civilians. A couple of guards have been injured. Uh, the city watch that aren't injured are running back towards the cafe, trying to get inside to get some people out. So the unseen servant does make it to the tiny girl uh, she can't really see anyway, so she doesn't realize that this thing is invisible. Which is probably good, because she takes its hand and is allowing herself to be led out. Brock, 
you have another round, what would you like to do? Alright, uh, first I want to see, like, if I recognize any of the people that are here, like, my staff or, like, regulars. Uh, you do see your hired muscle unconscious under some rubble. Alright, but the other staff aren't here. The, uh, server, the cook, and the, uh, bartender all made it out okay? You don't see them. Okay. At this point, I'm coming to my senses, because I was kind of dazed from having that stuff drop on me. And I say, uh, what in Bahamut's beard happened here? And I look and I see the fires, and I, I'm trying to figure out, if, are the fires small enough that I can put some of them out using Prestidigitation? You can put out a little bit of it with Prestidigitation. But it's to the point now, it's, it is everywhere. Okay, it would it would not help. Okay. So I go to the nearest person trapped under rubble, and I'm going to do a strength tech to try and lift the rubble so they can get out from under it. Okay. This person is conscious. Go ahead and make an athletics check at advantage because of your spell. Uh, 13 for the first roll. So that's going to be a 12 with my strength modifier. And then a 9, so I will take the 12. Okay. You are able to start digging them out, but it's a process. There's a lot of heavy stuff on top of them, and they are freaking out and not exactly helping themselves by moving around. Uh, go ahead and make a constitution saving throw for me. Uh, that is a six plus two. It's eight. Okay. So you're going to take six points of damage from the from the flames around you. Ooh, that knocks me down to four. As you try to help people get out. And you see City Watch bursting through the front door. Alright, and then can I just, as a free action, just yell help and to try and get someone to come over and help me lift this rubble? Yes. Help! People are trapped! So, Rook and Epi, you both hear that. Epi, what are you doing? Well, I am, um... I'm not well known for my uh, rippling muscles, let's just put it that way. So, let's see, would I be able to, um, let's see, from, did I make it out, first of all? Yes, you are outside. Okay. Do I see any strong people around me? I see a lot of City Watch. Any of them, uh not going in to help everyone? There do seem to be a few that are cordoning off the area. Okay, so they're all busy. Uh, let's see. But I am going to, um, I'll run back in, and from where I'm at, um, am I able to, so basically there, what do I see when I peek my head back in? Or run back in a little bit? You see pretty much what you saw before, um, you do see your unseen servant making its way back towards the door with the girl. That one is not concentration, so I can still cast spells. Is anybody freaking out so much that they can't run away, or are they all pretty much pinned? So you see three people pinned. The little girl is not pinned and is on her way out. Then there's one guy that is hyperventilating, like, behind the bar. I'm gonna go to that guy. 
I'm going to kneel down next to him just as cool as a cucumber and um, basically I'm just going to put a hand on his shoulder and very calmly say while casting Charm Persian. Oh, who are you? What do you want? The fire's everywhere! <laughs> I, I see this poor freaking out man and with a very subtle Charm Person, the Raven Queen compels you. Come with me, it is not your time. I'm gonna try and lead him out if the charm person works. That is a nat one, so yeah, the charm person works. Good. So I- I don't know who that is! Okay! Where are we going? Oh god, there's so much fire! I know, it's an awful lot of fire! It is an awful lot of fire. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can drag him out. <laughs> Calm yourself, calm yourself. There's nothing to be afraid of. You have the blessing of a god. He does take your hand and allow you to lead him towards the entrance. The charm is more powerful than his panic. And he does seem to get a bit of his wits, but he is still wide-eyed and shaking. I worked. Rook. Rook is interested in looking at the perimeter of the building and seeing if there is another entrance into this pile of rubble that used to be the Bard Rock Cafe. So it's like, is there, even if it's a narrow opening that I could, that Rook could like squeeze into, she just wants to be able to find it. Sure. So the structure is collapsing in on itself. There is a part of the back wall that used to be, you know, whole, mm -hmm. but there is a collapsed portion that you could probably squeeze through. Okay. So, um, if I can squeeze through that, I will get my little scrawny body through and take a look at what's inside because I haven't seen any, what's, um, what's gone on in there yet. Okay. So from that perspective, Go ahead and roll a perception check. Okay. I rolled a 22. All right. You are looking down into a very surprisingly narrow hole into the cellar. And between the plumes of smoke that are coming up everywhere, you catch a glimpse of what appears to be a structured object. It's not just a rock. It's not it's not just a meteor. It looks like it's it's carved and made of something that's not just regular stone. You also see three people pinned down. You do see Brock, the owner of the Bardrock Cafe, trying to pull one person out. And you see City Watch now coming inside try and help out. Rook would rather not get in the way just at this second, and would rather investigate this structure, this mysterious stone. So I guess I would like to look at the carvings and see if I recognize anything about it. Sure. So it is down a story in the cellar. Oh, okay. So, so I climbed you... down. So I, so I climbed down one story. Um, is that a check? Yeah, go ahead and make an acrobatics check unless you want to run all the way around to the cellar entrance. Sounds like a check to me. 
And I failed. I had a critical failure. I rolled a one. So it's seven total. Yeah. Ah. So you start trying to make your way down in the hole and a bit of the floor gives away underneath you because again, structural integrity not really there right now. Mm-hmm. So you fall not very gracefully and you do take about four points of damage four, as okay. you hit the floor right next to the meteor. Alrighty, noted. Poor Rook. So, um, but I'm still able to walk. Rook shakes off the pain, groans, and tries to make her way towards the mysterious structure. Okay. <clears throat> so the good news is, smoke rises. So there's almost no smoke down here. And because it's underneath the ground and it's mostly stone and dirt walls, there's not really much fire down here. You're able to see pretty clearly. It is an obelisk with the pointed top pierced about three feet into the ground. Uh, there are. It seems like it's made of obsidian, and there are cracks running all through it. And you see glowing symbols all across, not the square base, but the pointed part of the obelisk, mm -hmm. all along its length going into the ground, you do see golden symbols. What in... So... Does Rook recognize if the symbols are runes, or if it's a language, or... What languages do you speak? I speak Sylvan, Elven, Common. You do not recognize it. Okay. You recognize that it is a language. Alright, and not runes. Mysterious, mysterious. Rook wants to look around and just make sure that there's nobody knocked out around her. Nobody in the basement, just a lot of broken wine bottles. Alright. Alright. I'm gonna do one more round. Brock, go ahead and do what you're gonna do. You now have a city watchman helping you with this person. Alright, I, I take a couple deep breaths and I go, <sighs> Alright, you can do this! And I cast Healing Word on myself as a bonus sure. action. So I roll a d4, I rolled 3, plus 3 is 6. I heal that 6 back. And then I'm going to, with the help of the city watch, I'm going to do my strength check again to try and free this patron. I rolled 9, minus 1 for 8 for the first roll. Come on, advantage. 19, that'll do it, I bet. So the city watch just gets there to try and help you, and you, like, snap your finger, your wounds heal up, and you just, like grab this guy by the scruff and yank him out. The city watch, like, stops for a second. He's like, right. He moves on to the next person. Alright, and then I guess I will fireman carry this guy out okay. the door. Yeah, this guy is a little stunned at being pulled out like that. He's got some scrapes and, and cuts. Go ahead and make a constitution saving throw as you make your way back out of the Bard Rock Cafe. I rolled a five. You take four points of fire damage as you make your way through the flames and the smoke. Uh, you're having a hard time breathing, but it's not too bad yet. You're outside of the Bardrock Cafe. Effie. Okay. 
So I have a question. Would I be able to either put out some flames or reinforce the structure by freezing it over? You can certainly try. Okay. So with the guy successfully walking out and my unseen servant getting the girl to leave, obscured slightly by the smoke, Epi pulls just something with a glint in it out of his pocket, seems to crumble in his hand, and he just holds his fists up to his face and blows through it. And you just watch as ice comes out in like this sphere and smashes into the area that looks either the most on fire or the most likely to fall down, trying to freeze it over. I am casting Chromatic Orb. Okay, cool. So, the way you cast it, because you are kind of over by the bar, you angle it diagonally so that it covers the most ground possible. And you kind of disperse a lot of the smoke for a moment, and you put out a nice clear path of fire down the center of the Bardrock Cafe. I will say that you manage to avoid striking any individual with it, because that is a fairly beefy spell. You have created a little safer environment, the Bard Rock Cafe is still on fire. Is there anything else you would like to do with your round? And I would like to um, call out into the crowd, there's still some people in here. I've got the structure up just a little bit. We need your help if you can. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and make a con save as you are still inside the smoky and on fire building. Okay. Catch up dice, don't fail me now. Okay, 17 plus 3 is a 20. Dirty 20. Okay, you take... Yeah, you take no damage. Whew. As you seem to be away from the flames and the smoke. Alright, Rook, you're in the basement with all the booze and the obelisk. Rook's gonna try and make it back up to the main floor um, by climbing. Okay. So you want to climb back up through the hole? Right. Okay. And that's acrobatics again? Roll me athletics and then acrobatics. Okay, sure. First one is... So, um, my athletics was 11. And my acrobatics is 17. Okay. So you do manage to just make your way out of the basement. You do have, like, shells of alcohol that you are clawing your way up, and you have to make a couple of awkward jumps, but you're pretty nimble. You make your way back up to the first floor. Okay. Um, so where am I? Um, or like, yeah, what can I see, I guess, um, in the cafe? So, you see that the city guard has pulled mm -hmm. everyone mostly out. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the people is a woman. She is standing. There is a man that is lying on the ground, not moving. Uh, you do see the bouncer for the Bardrock Cafe. He is also on the ground, not moving. You glance outside. You do see, you know, a, a group of City Watch is sure. keeping people from getting close to the Bardrock Cafe. There's some dwarves with buckets running up towards the cafe 
it seems like, you know, whatever emergency response mm -hmm. Waterdeep has, it has been activated. People are trying to get this under control. Okay. Rook knows the bouncer from being in and out of the cafe so many times. So she's going to check and see if he's alive or if he can be take, dragged out somehow. So let's just first see if he's alive. <laughs> yeah, so probably take the rest of your round to get to him and check. Okay. Uh, roll a quick medicine check. Alright. Eleven. Yeah, so I mean, before you even get to him, you do see, like, his chest is rising and falling. Cool. It looks like he just took a really hard hit to the head. I mean, this is a pretty beefy guy, but, you know, he got hit. Yep. So he's just out cold, but he's okay. You think the act of physically moving him from this spot might be a task, but he's right. okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So is that the end of my turn? Yeah. So as all this is happening, you're all stuck in the Bardrock Cafe. Uh, actually, Rook, go ahead and give me a con save since you are still inside. Oh, yes. Another 11. That's enough. All right. Two. So you do not take any damage this round. What you all see and feel, it, it looks like an explosion, but it doesn't have any of the concussive force behind an explosion. Does that make sense? Like, you know how the air kind of ripples when there's a blast? Mm -hmm. So kind of like a big flash? Yeah, but like you definitely can watch it coming towards you very quickly. Does that make sense? Like, you're high on adrenaline right now. You can see things kind of semi in slow motion. It's originating around the meteor. And it just expands outward. And it doesn't have any influence on the physical world. But you watch this wave of energy just burst out. Does it look like magic? Uh, roll Arcana. Okay. Oh! Oof. Nat 1, that, um, that plus 6 pulls it up to a 7, but, uh, whew. It's, it's still in that one. Can I roll Arcana? I am also of magical influence. Are you proficient? Uh, in Arcana... No. Go ahead and roll. I rolled a 15 plus 0. 15. Okay. <clears throat> you are fairly certain this is something magical, just based off of nothing physical that you can think of has this effect. Epi, you don't even know. Right. Also, I meant to say plus 1. I was looking at my wisdom and my intelligence should be this, so it's 16 total. Don't think that changes it, but I do want to be clear. I do not have a plus zero to intelligence. Sure. Same same response. It's it's magical. Yeah. You have no idea what kind of magic, but it's magical. Okay. The the events play out. Um, everyone is brought outside. Uh, there's firefighters trying to get the flames under control. It is a fairly large fire. It's taking a minute. While we're all standing out there and it's you know, being engulfed in flames. I may uh, walk up to to Brock, who I know is the owner, just kind of pat him on the shoulder. Ah, it's a tough break. Uh, I, I hope you had insurance. Brock does not have words. He's actually, like, feeling very anxious and been looking around to see if his staff got out okay. 
he didn't have time to verify if they were still all in the building when he was trying to get out. So you do see Melody and Harmony kind of over with some, some City Watch. You see the cook over with another group of City Watch. Uh, it does look like the City Watch is, you know, as they are verifying that people are uninjured, they are moving them off to the side. You do see, uh, looks to be some clerics of Lathander making their way in to tend to the wounded. But I don't see DJ. You do see him. He is over kind of by himself. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, this is a rough, this is a rough day, but I think that as long as my staff are okay, that's the most important thing. They're my best friends. Kind of look around to see if I can see all of them. Well, and I'll count you a lucky man. Looks like they all made it out. Well, I mean, if you think about it, bad luck is still a kind of lucky. You're a very positive person. <laughs> I admire your outlook that when everything's in flames around you, your thought is, you know what? I still count that as lucky. Have to admit. <laughs> it's a very, uh, I suppose I could call it bright. In, you know, second definition. Epi specifically. Yeah? Roll me perception. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, so that was my first nat 20. <laughs> with uh, plus two. Okay. So you see everything. Alright. So here's what you see. You are watching the clerics get to work. Which you've seen before. You know, clerics healing people is not an uncommon sight. It's a little different because this is a crisis situation. But it's not working. Like, you see them going through the motions to cast their spells, and their spells aren't working. Oh. And you are and you see as one of the people that was down seems to have passed away, and the clerics aren't able to do anything. And there is a growing commotion as they start talking to each other. With a nat 20, you're able to hear that none of them are able to cast any of their spells. That's not... Uh, excuse me, excuse me just a moment. And I'm going to run over there to this this recently deceased person. I'm sorry, I couldn't help but over here. Uh, here, here, uh, allow me, allow me. Do you, do you have the necessary components? I can probably try casting Revivify. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, one of the clerics is like, We've, we've tried that, it's not working. Can Go ahead, try here. And he hands you, just immediately hands over some diamonds. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Um, just a moment. I will uh, pray to the Raven Queen. And I, I take out my book and open it up to a, a page with lots of inscriptions on it. And um, if you guys are looking, what you see is essentially um, Epi holds one of the diamonds up in his hand and sets another 300 gold diamond onto the book. And you can see him muttering what looks to be a prayer as, you know, the, the ink on the page starts to sort of broil up. Actually, it starts smoking and you see the diamond that's on the page, it starts to glow and then cracks a little bit. And the diamond in his hand, he glows a little bit, I guess. 
And so he crosses his arms in front of him, tucks his hands into his very long sleeves and the diamond and all of its glowing glory just tucks away into it too. Smoke billows up from this book in front of him and he just leans forward and blows. And you watch as this smoke wafts over this dead person and seeps in and their eyes open. He gasped and goes like, <gasps> where am I? What's going on? Well, and the clerics are all, wonderful. Oh, he's back. He's back. I nod. With the blessings of the Raven Queen. It is not your time, good sir. Welcome back to Waterdeep. So, there's no real time for any celebration. The clerics kind of clap you on the shoulder and, you know, go back to tending to the wounded just with healer's kits and healing potions. This man is alive. Uh, Rook. Mm -hmm. You're seeing all this. You have been accosted by one of the City Watch and are being shuffled over to one of the groups of survivors. So Rook is just being herded in front of the cafe. <clears throat> yeah, so okay. anybody that's not down and in need of immediate treatment is being basically grouped together with the rest of the survivors. Okay. Uh, do I see this? Yeah, and before long, you and Epi are also taken that way. Okay. Do I hear any interesting snippet of conversation between the group of people that are around me? Everybody seems very confused about what's happening. Uh, a few people are mentioning that the clerics are having trouble, but nobody's really sure what's going on. Everybody's kind of pointing up at the sky. You do see where, like, you see the pattern where the meteor entered the atmosphere and came through it because the clouds are kind of in a circular wavy pattern around that. So where it was a sunny day like a minute ago, it's overcast now because of the disruption. And everybody's just very traumatized, confused. That's what you hear. Okay. So, but, and I, I have heard about the healers not being able to heal. Yes. So I'm curious about that. I find that very interesting. So I want to try and sneak away from the group and kind of get towards them. Actually, I think I can help you out with this, actually. Okay. Uh, so uh, when I see them trying to shuffle you off, I actually, I say, uh, uh, excuse me, I actually, I think I can help with the healing. I actually have some healing magic, but uh, my staff and if I, if I could actually have them stay and help me and uh, her as well. She's, one, she's with me. And uh, because I'm a, of noble birth, I'm kind of trying to flex my uh, noble muscles to kind of, like, influence the guards to, like, let my, like, those close to me stay with me while I help heal. So, because this is a crisis situation, who you are actually kind of doesn't matter. But what you're offering does. And so they kind of, the guards look to the clerics, the clerics look to the guards, they just, like, put their hands up, like, we don't know what's going on right now. Like, yeah, come on, if he can help, let him help. All right, so uh, if they're, now that they're letting her, I'm also just going to demonstrate that I can help. I'm going to uh, pull. Oh, I'm going to pull out my flute and play some music and use it to cast Healing Word on one of the people. Do I need to roll or is, like the, I don't know what their HP is? Uh, for the sake of this, don't worry about it. Yep. You are helping to heal. Yep. Rook, you have access to everyone. Okay. Hmm. I think. Hmm. Is there? any member of the clergy or the clerics that looks like they're higher ranking than the rest? Oh, sure. There is a head cleric that is kind of supervising where everyone's going and looking very distraught. 
Okay, I'm going to approach the head cleric. I'm going to say, excuse me, quick word. Yes. Hello. How can I help? It's more like, I think, well, I'm not sure if it helps, but I went inside. I saw what crashed into the cafe. I don't recognize what it is, though. Maybe you religious types would understand. It's in the basement. Okay. What, what crashed? It was a meteor. Yes? No. No. It, it's an obelisk. Doesn't look like a meteor at all to me. An obelisk. Right. And it's got some, I don't know what, written on it. She shrugs. Thought it would help. So you feel a hand on your shoulder. And you turn around and you have no idea when this woman got here. But you do recognize her. She's a young woman carrying a large black staff. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the head mage of the city. Her name is Vajra. Her title is the Black Staff. She is in charge of Force Grey, which is the special forces of Waterdeep, and she is the head mage. She says, why don't you tell me about it? Let the clerics do their work. Rook shrugs. I'll tell you the same thing I just told him. Um, I saw an obelisk down there. I know it's what fell from the sky, and it's got some stuff written on it that, well, I don't know what it is. I see. Please stay in the area. Uh, I need to have everyone here interviewed and checked out, but thank you. Uh, she kind of motions for you to join Brock and Epi and everybody that's helping out. Uh, and she makes, she looks, like, turns to take in the Bard Rock Cafe. Am I able to pull my cloak hood over so that, you know, my face is at least slightly obscure? Sure. Cool. Rook makes her way over and that's it. Alright, so clerics are not able to do anything at all. Rook, you do notice as <clears throat> very smoothly Felix is making his way into the crowd from another alleyway. Completely different outfit from what he had on before. His hairstyle is now slicked back instead of kind of bedhead looking. He just almost doesn't look like the same person. Makes his way into the crowd that is the survivors that seems to be just hanging out there. And you all see the black staff slam the black staff into the ground and the flames extinguish. That is so cool. <laughs> Epi cannot help but stare. I, uh, I, uh, I, I actually, I can approach her and say, I don't suppose you can, uh, you know, fix that while you're at it, can you? That's going to take a bit more work, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. I thought it couldn't hurt to ask. Thanks. And I go back to healing. Okay, so, as the events unfold, you're all, one by one, taken to the side by one of the Magisters and ask for your account of the events. Brock, do you give, like, what do you tell them? Is there anything you withhold from them? All right, well, all right, well, you see, I was actually in the middle of one of my best flute solos when it happened, and I stopped because I heard the commotion outside. And the next thing I knew, there was, like, something came crashing through the ceiling, and I was buried in rubble, and everything else from there was just a mess. You see, the Magister is writing your account down. Okay. Uh, no, but I want the record to reflect it was a very good flute solo. Right. And he pauses and scritches a little bit on the paper and you see him writing very tiny in the margins. Anything else? 
no, I, I'm sorry. That's all I remember. I just remember, and at that point there was fire and structural damage. Uh, you know, I I do I I did everybody get out okay? Did there end like I know that one there was that one person my friend revived. Did everybody who was left when I got out did they all get out okay? He kind of pauses and looks up to take an account. He says, "It seems." Most people are alright. Until we get a better handle on the situation, we won't know for sure. Alright, and uh, is there anything that the city can do to help me with uh, the loss of my building or the repairs of my building? Did you have insurance through one of the guilds? Uh, did I? You imagine you probably did. Oh, uh, yes, yes I did. Then I would get in touch with the guild in charge of constructing your inn. All right, thank you. Mm. And he just moves on to the next person. If at all possible, while they're talking to everyone, would I be able to very subtly cast Alter Self so that my facial structure was a lot different, maybe rather than my little hooves, I have actual feet and just little small details like that? You can certainly try. Would you like to roll a sleight of hand and a stealth roll? For that matter? No, no, I don't think I could get away with that. You might. <laughs> I might. I might. Um. Um, aren't they gonna recognize you as the miracle healer, yeah. though? But yeah. So there are eyes on you right now. Okay. You would know that. In the middle of a crisis where no other cleric was able to successfully heal or revive someone, you brought someone back from the dead. Okay. Then I'm just gonna swallow hard and be like, okay, this is fine, this is fine. So one of the magisters makes their way over to you. Are you the one who raised that man from the dead? With the blessings of the Raven Queen, anything is possible. And I, I still have my hood up. <laughs> mm. I'm here to record your telling of these events. Yeah, he takes out a very large feather quill and a very large book. He seems to be waiting on you. <laughs> of course, of course. I, I would be happy to um, recount my tale. So I um, I had been here, of course, when the meteor hit. I was upstairs. I was looking out over the crowd and, well, um, everyone seemed a little panicked. I looked up and, sure enough, uh, saw what was happening. Made a break for it downstairs. I managed to duck underneath the stairs that are... Um, <clears throat> currently not there anymore. In my uh, good duty, trying to help people get out, I, I helped a young lady make her way out, and then I came back, and there was a young man. He was he was just terrified, hiding beneath the bar, and I, I with the blessing of the Raven Queen, helped him outside. He was a little, a little panicked, and after that, I stopped the spread of the fire by uh, icing over the roof a little. And after that, I was lending my assistance as an, an acolyte of the Raven Queen. I am able to uh, help stabilize some of these that are more injured. Hmm. And he kind of he writes down everything he says, like, anything else? If at all possible, let me know if I can lend my assistance anywhere else. Thank you. And he just moves on to the next person. Epi lets out a breath that he's been holding and just kind of shuffles off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so the guy didn't seem very interested in you or anything. He seemed to be doing his job, and it was, while noteworthy, 
ultimately it was just another day of responding to some problem. Rook, what is your account that you give to the magister that comes up to you? I was sitting inside when I heard it coming and the guards screaming for us to get out. I got out and that's what happened. Very well. It's pretty simple. Anything else? Uh, I looked inside. It's a mess in there. Yes, it is. Very well. Thank you for your testimony. Please remain with the group. And it moves on, and you you see uh, Felix over there giving his account. You know, that magister seems equally uninterested. And the day comes to a close. Vajra does come up to the survivors and asks if anybody needs somewhere to stay or if anybody needs further assistance. Uh, so I kind of lived upstairs. Vajra kind of cocks an eyebrow. So I'm, and... I'm somewhat homeless right now. Yeah, she cocks an eyebrow and looks at the, the Bard Rock Cafe, what's left of it. There is no second floor anymore. So, hmm. Very well. I can make accommodations for you in the castle district, at least until all this is sorted out. Uh, that would be much appreciated, thank you. Would your staff also need accommodations? Uh, I Actually, I think the rest of them just live nearby in town. None of them, like, uh, I don't know if, like, any of them live close enough nearby that they were also affected by the strike, but I'm the only person who lives in the cafe. Very well. Uh, come with me. Uh, a few other people are coming along. It seems like the fire did spread a little bit past the cafe, uh, so there was some surrounding damage. But the day comes to a close, and that is day one of our campaign. Oh boy. <laughs> Nobody died. Nobody died. <laughs> well, one guy did. Yeah, he's I, fine. I mean, he got better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Bard Rock Cafe. You can find more episodes on sassygamers.com. Have you considered becoming a patron? You can get wild rewards like access to our patrons-only Discord, tarot readings from Rook, and access to exclusive one-shot campaigns set in the Bard Rock universe, led by our DM, Kenny. Visit patreon.com slash bardrockcafe to find out more. Until next time, rock on!